When a new baby comes home from the hospital, everything is ready for that baby. Nursery has been painted, the diapers have been stacked up, the formula is ready, the little outfits are in the drawer. There's even a little monitor on the dresser where that baby can call his servants anytime <laughs> he wants. And his servants, his mom and dad, will come at the smallest whisper. And they meet that baby's every need. And that lasts for a while. And, and then at some point, that child will be expected to start to do a few things for himself or herself. Uh, maybe just put some toys back in the basket. Maybe learn to use a spoon by himself. Uh, a few things like that for himself, and, and that will last for a while. And then after a while, that child will be expected to start to do something for other people in the family. If he happens to have a little brother or sister join him, uh, that will expedite the process. He'll have to start to help more. Uh, and as that child matures, he'll be asked to maybe take his plates to the sink. Maybe wash the dishes some. Maybe cook a meal. Maybe mow the yard. Things will continue to change. Now, if those lessons are learned, if it goes as planned, then at some point that child who started off completely being served will be ready and prepared to serve his own spouse, serve his own baby someday, and someday, many years later, be ready to serve mom and dad when they really need to be served. That's the circle of life. That's what's normal. That's the way things work. And if those lessons aren't learned, if that progression's not followed, then we got dysfunction. Then families are dysfunctional. We understand that for physical families. And what I want to talk about this morning is this family, because it works the same way in this family. It works the same way in the kingdom. People need to go from served to serving. It works the way in a local congregation like Northside. It works that way in every ministry that we have here. It works that way in the youth group. It works that way in every class that we have. It works that way in life. So since today is Ministry Fair Day and we're talking all about service and ways to serve at Northside, uh, that's my task this morning. I want to persuade some of you to serve. Now, bear in mind I'm not talking to everybody. And I know a speaker is supposed to address the whole audience, but that's impossible. Because I'm going to try to persuade some people to serve, but there's some here that are unable to serve. And I'm not here to make you feel guilty. There are times in life when you just can't. There are also some here who are too busy already. Unbalanced. Too much service, 
I had a senior saint tell me one time, and I knew his history. He had served the church in every way possible. He had just volunteered from everything, for everything, and was always at the building doing something and always serving. And he told me if he had it to do over again, he'd do things differently. He said, I'd serve less at church, spend more time with my kids. So some folks are out of balance. I don't want to try to talk you into serving more. Uh, There's some here who have it just right. You know, Goldilocks is here somewhere. They've got the perfect balance of family and work and service, and everything's just right. I'm not trying to convince you to serve. But if you're not serving, if you're able to serve and you're not, then maybe you don't know why you ought to serve. Maybe you don't know how, don't know what to do. So that's what I want to talk about. First, let me give you four reasons that service is a good thing. Uh, first of all, go to, you got to turn this thing on, don't you? There you go. Works. Servants are more like Jesus. Maybe you've taken that first step to begin serving Jesus. Well, if you sign up to walk with Jesus, you're supposed to walk like Jesus. And so we look at Jesus and see what he did. You remember what the last thing he did? The last time he met with his apostles, right before he was crucified. The last thing he did with them was he got down on his knees and took a towel and a basin of water and he washed their feet. And when he was done, he said, now, that's how you do it. That's a loose translation. But he said, that's what you should do. I serve, you serve others. The scripture we read this morning said that. The passage is in Matthew 20. And James and John, two of the apostles, came to Jesus and said, we want to be on your right and left hand. We want to be big shots in the kingdom. And Jesus said, you don't understand. It's not how it works in the kingdom. It's not how it works in the family. In the family, I didn't come to serve, to be served, but to serve. It's not what the Son of Man came for. If you want to be great, you'd be a servant. So our example of Jesus and those that followed him, Paul, an apostle, perhaps the greatest apostle, perhaps the greatest Christian that ever lived, I think. He was writing to the Corinthians and he told the people in Corinth, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm an apostle. I got that title. I got a right to that. But here's how I want you to think of me. I don't want you to think of me as the Apostle Paul. I want you to think of me and my fellow workers as servants. Just servants. And we don't have time to go into it, but we've talked about it before. The word he used there for servants wasn't just servants. It was the lowest, lowest of the servants. The under rowers on the ships. He said, just think of me as not just a common servant, but the lowest servant. So that's our example. Reason one, servants are more like Christ. Reason two, 
Servants are more mature. Servants have grown up. Now, if you've taken that first step to become a servant and you want to grow up in Christ, you want to be a mature Christian, then be a servant. Well, that's how it works. Just like that baby, we can tell if they're maturing, if they're growing, by when they start to serve. Same way in this family. Service is a sign of growth. Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. Remember that? Jesus told a story. He said, a master gave his servants. One of them he gave five talents. One of them he gave two. One of them he gave one. When he came back, two of them had used their talents. They'd made some more. Remember what the master said? Well done, servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. I'll put you in charge of more. You're maturing. You're ready for more. And the one who hadn't grown his talents, hadn't done anything, the master said, you're an unfaithful servant. So growing service is a sign of growth, but it's more than a sign of growth. Service is a means of growth. You want to grow up? We, we can tell you're growing when you serve, but we can also know if you want to grow, serve. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about the body. Instead of the family, he calls us a body. And he says, each member has a part. Each member in this body has a part. And listen to what he said. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. How's the body grow? How's each part grow? By service. That's the means of growth. That's how Northside has gotten to be where it is and can do the things it does because so many individual parts worked properly and served. So servants are more like Jesus. Servants are more mature. And thirdly, servants are more blessed. Serving is a blessing to the one that serves. Now let me explain why God designed us a certain way. God designed us that if we do what he says, if we follow his example. Now, now sometimes we call this, you know, a book of rules and regulations and do this and don't do this. That's not what it's about. It's, it's instructions on how life works better. So he designed us that if we follow his instructions, Everything's better. What Jesus said, he said, I came that you might have an abundant life. Not just a plain old satisfactory life, an abundant life. Not a dysfunctional life, an abundant life. Just do what it says and things will go better. So, since that's true, if we become more like Jesus, if we become more mature... It's only logical that we get more blessed. Well, when we do what we should, we are blessed by God. Now, God designed us with two parts. 
God designed us with this flesh part, physical, mental, and then he designed us with the spiritual part. And both of those parts are blessed by service. Now, some of you may think, well, all right, physically, mentally, how's that work? If I serve, you mean I'm going to feel better and be healthier and more healthy mentally? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And a lot of really smart people say that too. Albert Schweitzer was the great missionary to Africa. He said this, I I do not know what your destiny will be. But one thing I know, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. He's happiness. He's not the only smart person that said that kind of thing. I've always loved this story. Carl Menninger was a famous psychiatrist. He gave a lecture one day. After the lecture, he took questions, and somebody said, Dr. Menninger, what would you do? What advice would you give if somebody came to you and said that they were just about to lose it? They they felt a nervous breakdown coming on. They were in that bad a shape. And they expected, of course, the answer would be, well, see your psychiatrist as quickly as possible. What Dr. Menninger said was this. He said, I would tell them to lock their house, go across the railroad tracks, find somebody in need, and do something good for that person. That's a famous psychiatrist. He says, life goes better when you serve. Now, that's the physical, the mental part. But the spiritual part. How are we blessed there? Well, take today, for example. We're devoting this whole day to ministry. We have an involvement minister on staff that works on this stuff. We have a ministry survey that you can volunteer to do things. We have the ministry fair to introduce things to you. Why do we go to all that trouble? Why do the elders think that's worth doing? Well, it's a very pragmatic reason. And it's not just because we need a lot of work done around here. Not that we're looking for cheap labor. The pragmatic reason is that we've watched over the years, and there's something that happens all the time. People that come to Christ, come to Northside, take that first step say they want to be a follower of Christ, if they remain being served, if they remain isolated, if they remain unconnected, if they don't start to do something, pretty soon they disappear. Jesus said they get choked out by the weed. We've seen that. Now, the answer, we think, is to do what Jesus said and begin to serve. And we do all sorts of things to help people figure out where they can serve, what they can do. It doesn't have to be big. 
just something. Those that don't serve stay unconnected and isolated and don't grow spiritually and sometimes die spiritually. One more reason to serve. Servants bless others. Servants are not only more like Jesus, they're not only more mature, they're not only blessed, they bless others. Now, like that family that I described, the circle of life moving from served to serving, the family benefits from that. And that's true in everything in life. Every kind of organization or organism you can think of, that's the way it works. Service, the servants, bless others, make things possible. read one time about General Eisenhower during the war. He heard one of his generals call somebody and talk about them. He said, he's just a private. Eisenhower jumped all over him. He told that general, he said, this army could get by a whole lot better without its generals than it could without its foot soldiers. He said, if this war is won, it will be won by the privates. He understood that. He understands that servants bless others, make other things possible. Now, some gifts and some talents are more public. They're more recognizable. They're more noticed. doesn't mean they're more important. Because all servants bless others. First Peter 4.10, Peter said, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve others. Now, I use the NLT translation there because I like that part about he's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Other translations don't say to serve one another well. It says, administer God's grace. When you serve, you're administering God's grace to others. You're blessing others. Now, I want to try to illustrate. I want you to think through just the last couple of hours. Those of you that came for class and stayed for for worship... Just think through your experience. You don't have to do it now. On your way home, talk about it. And as you go through, I want you to count all the servants that made that possible. When you pulled in off the street, the place looked nice. The landscape well, the trees are trimmed. Things look decent. You pulled into a nice parking lot. You could park your car, and when you go out, it'll be there. You know, it's safe. Uh, In fact, there's a sign when you turned in that said, if you'd like somebody to park your car for you, you can have that done. Somebody opened the door for you. Somebody greeted you. Uh, If you had children, you could take them down to the children's wing and All the materials, all the teachers, all the guides, all the facilities were waiting for them to be taken care of and educated. 
If you go to an adult class on most Sundays, you go in. Most of them, you can have a snack outside first. And then there's teachers waiting in there for you, prepared. You came in here and somebody gave you an order of worship to tell you what's happening and what song's going to be next. An usher helped you find your seat if you were having trouble finding one. Somebody got up here and had songs prepared, led them well. You could hear everything because somebody's taking care of the sound booth. Communion, when it was passed, somebody prepared that for you. It was ready hours before church. If you had a baby, you could take them to a nursery so you could pay attention during worship. How many servants blessed you this morning? I don't know if you can count them. Not a lot of people made the, the blessing of the last two hours possible. The, the ministries that we heard about during the 9 o'clock hour, and I know some of you weren't here, but we had different ministry leaders talk about <coughs> a specific ministry. And I noticed as they went through those, there was one word that came up over and over and over. Need. We need service in this area. We need this, we need that, we need this, we need that. And they talked a lot about that. They didn't talk so much about why you would do that. There were some pictures of it. And anybody that has served knows why you do some of those things. Uh, Brenda Heller explained work camp, and she gave a long list of we need all of these different people, lots of people. Well, why would you do that? Why would you take a week? People take a week off work, folks. Take a week of vacation to work hard. Because they get to see that homeowner. They get to see the blessing that it is to that person and to that person's family and to that neighborhood. They're just walking in the steps of Jesus. They're filling a need. They're helping people. They came to serve. Celebrate recovery. There's a sign out by the uh, driveway that says every every Thursday night, you got hurts in your life, you can come here and we'll help you. Well, that doesn't, I mean, they don't walk in and pick up a pamphlet that says, here's help. There's people here. There's servants here. Why do they do that every Thursday night, 52 weeks a year? Because they see people get helped. They see people blessed by it. Okay? Any ministry you can think of. We're blessing others when we serve. Family camp. You know how much work goes into family camp? Lots of work. Why is that done? Because it blesses so many people. I talked about people that stay isolated and unconnected. You go to family camp, that that can't happen. You know, that's an antidote to staying unconnected and staying isolated. You go to family camp and you become a part of Northside. 
So there's the blessing for people is why people serve. Just a few months, we're going to have Women Walking with God conference. And there's going to be hundreds of women come from all over the country to be here for Friday and Saturday in April. I've talked to a lot of them. They tell me that's the highlight of their year. That's the best thing they do all year spiritually. They love it. They can't wait for it. They are so blessed by coming. Well, that's a wonderful thing, but I can stand up here, and if I wanted to take the time, I could probably point out close to 100 women that make that possible. You know, we just don't open the doors of Hartman Arena and let women come in to be blessed. There's a whole lot of servants, a whole lot of under-rowers making that happen. To bless others is what a servant does. If nobody's being served, then nobody's blessed. All right, I've given you four reasons. Servants are more like Jesus. Servants are more mature. Servants are more blessed. Servants bless others. And maybe, after all of that, maybe there's one person here that I've persuaded to try serving. You're not serving, and you think, okay, I ought to try that. Well, you probably, your next question is, I don't know what. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go about serving. I mean, this is a big place. How do I figure out what I'm good at, and how do I figure out how to serve, and what do I do next? Well, first, I've got some good news for you. You don't have to know what you're good at. That's not necessary. It's handy if you know what you're really good at, but you don't have to know that. I read one time the editor of a major Christian publication said this, I never knew what my gift was. Never knew what my gift was. I I just served where I saw a need. If you see a need, volunteer. You might not be good at it. That's okay. Okay. I've tried a few things in my life that I wasn't good at. Somebody talked me into it and said, would you try this? Would you help here? Would you do this? And yeah, I did, but man, I'm not good at this. And you know what? I lived through it. I learned a few things, and hopefully a few people were blessed by my efforts, but that wasn't my thing. And that's okay. So, You don't have to know what you're good at, but we do have some helps for you if you don't know what you want to do or you don't know how to go about it. Uh, Most of you got this sometime this morning. If you didn't, there's more back there. It's an involvement survey. It's a list of things to serve at at Northside. I don't know if you can find one, but there's 195 chances you can. 195 different things, things that need done around here. Not just because they need done, but because that's the way we bless others. That's the way we grow up. That's the way we become more like Jesus. That's the way the church grows. All those reasons I already gave you, 195 ways to take that step of service. The other thing that we've got this morning for you is across the hall, There are a lot of ministries have set up tables 
and will be happy to tell you what they do. Uh, they'll show you what their work is. They'll show you who they bless. You can walk around, look at their stuff. You can talk to them, ask them, well, what's this involve, and how much time does this take, and when would I need to volunteer? They'll tell you. So half hour from now, you can know something you can do, and you can know about how to go about doing it if you're interested in becoming a servant. I'm going to sing a song called I've Decided to Follow Jesus. And I picked that song because it's traditional invitation time where we say if anybody's here that wants to put Christ on in baptism uh, to come during this. And a lot of people make that decision at this time. I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to take that first step. But it also means I've decided to follow Jesus in that daily step that Toby talked about last week. And it also means I've decided to follow Jesus in this service thing. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to serve some way. So however the song applies to you, if it's a public need, we invite you to come to the front. Let's stand and sing, I have decided to follow Jesus.